What's happening, everybody? On today's show, it is done. The SEC approves sticking with an eight-game football schedule in 2024, pushing back the plan to go to nine games. I'll tell you why I'm not the biggest fan of this. And RIP to the SEC East and SEC West, SEC divisions going away. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And shout out to our everydayers. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey announced on Thursday down in Destin at the SEC meetings that the SEC will continue to play eight league games, even with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, for the 2024 football season. The decision comes, like we said, as the SEC moves to 16 teams, the expectation was they would move to a nine-game conference schedule. Each team would get three permanent rivals with the other six rotating, and you would end up playing everyone in the conference at least once every two years and going to every SEC stadium at least once every four years. Instead, we will not do that. We will stick with the eight-game model, and with that, we will eliminate the SEC West and SEC East divisions in 2024. No more divisions. The two best teams with the two best records will advance and play in the SEC championship game. Now, Greg Sankey released a statement on the decision talking about uh, what went into the factors. And, of course, man, look, I'm just not the biggest fan of this. Let's take a look at Sankey's statement. He said, we've been engaged in planning for the entry of Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC since the summer of 2021. But the change of membership from 25 to 24 created schedule complexities that can be better managed with a one-year schedule. Creating this one-year schedule provides a longer ramp uh, on-ramp to manage football scheduling around existing non-conference commitments. It will also provide additional time to understand the impact of an expanding college football playoff and gains with our media partners as we determine the appropriate long-term plan here. And during this time of change, our fans will continue to enjoy traditional rivalries and begin to see new matchups presented by the addition of two historical, uh, historically successful football programs to the SEC. Now, that sounds all fan- fine and dandy. Um, There are two big factors in how we got here. Number one, we cannot ignore the money and the TV contract. Um, To me, the TV contract, back in 2020, the SEC reached a $3 billion deal with Disney, uh, ending their contract with CBS and signing on with Disney to go with ESPN and ABC in addition to the SEC network. And... Starting in 2024, the SEC will get an annual payment of $300 million a year. That's based on the eight-game conference schedule. Now, of course, expanding to nine games, they're going to want more. So I think that we'd be willfully ignorant to not acknowledge that was a big factor here. The other side of it, only five schools reportedly supported the move to nine conference games. According to a report that came out last night, Only five schools voted for the nine-game schedule. They were Georgia, 
LSU, Missouri, Texas A&M, and Florida. Georgia, LSU, Missouri, Florida, Texas A&M. Uh, it's worth noting that Texas and Oklahoma reportedly did not have a vote since they're not yet members. They didn't get to officially vote on that. So that means the likes of everyone else voted no to this. Now, I'm sure everybody has their own reasons. Uh, Greg Sankey did go on to say that over time, nobody is shying away from anything. We just didn't add another game during a period of transition. I mean, that sounds good, but ultimately, I do think some fear factored in. Fear of tougher schedules for some of those middle-tier teams. You know, we talked about this all week on the show. The likes of the Kentuckys and the Mississippi States and maybe even the Ole Misses. Look, you go 6-6, six and six, you go to a good, you know, bowl game, you win that game, you save your job, right? I mean, that's kind of been the consensus over the years is six and six coaches don't typically get fired. Um, that gets a lot harder when you play nine SEC opponents and a tough non-conference game. Um, and I think there's a little bit of fear with what will happen with the playoff. You know, do we think going to nine games will make things tougher on, on ourselves with the first year of playoff expansion? I think Greg Sankey wants to kind of go through one year of the expanded playoff and see what happens with all the at-large bids. How many teams does the SEC get in? Keep in mind, it's limited because we did the stupid automatic conference qualifier. So you automatically get the Pac-12 champ and the Big Ten champ and the Big 12 champ and all this other crap. But to me, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, Zach Barnett of Football Scoop had an interesting thought on where this could go. He thinks in 2025, we'll make the move to nine games ESPN will, of course, pay more money for the rights, but he thinks with the caveat that every SEC team plays at least one conference game exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Now, that's ESPN+, Plus. not saying like, you know, like ESPN streaming or whatever. Like, I almost wonder if ESPN will think of this from a strategic standpoint of we want more people to sign up for, uh, you know, for our exclusive Plus service, so let's make... Make it where one SC, every SEC team plays one game there, and if you're a big enough fan, you're going to have to sign up for the su- subscription and come do it. We're already seeing it happen right now with, you know, Thursday Night Football. It's on Amazon Prime. you got to be an Amazon Prime member to watch NFL games. We're already seeing it with baseball. They're doing Friday Night Games on Apple+. Plus. If your team plays on Apple+, Plus, you have to have an Apple Plus subscription to do it. So I think it's an interesting thought. We'll see what happens down the road, but... As we ever evolve into this media world of streaming and subscription services, you know, we've heard Netflix may get into the, the move of trying to get the rights to college football and NFL games. So um, we'll be interesting to see what happens with that down the road. But you got to think ESPN is going to be looking for some kind of caveat to say, look, we'll pay more money for an extra week of SEC games with nine games in 2025, but uh, make it worth our while. So what will all this look like? In 2024, with just the eight games, we're going to touch on that next. Uh, coming up next, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And shout out to our everydayers. But first, we want to remind you guys that this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, go make the fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, and of course, uh, FanDuel's got some great stuff uh, all up on their website and on the app. Great promotions every day. Of course, the app app is safe and secure, 
and easy to use. You can get paid instantly, and there's no better place to bet on all the NBA playoff action than America's number one sports book. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. I roll along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And for our everydayers, make sure you subscribe to the show and check us out on Monday. We're going to be uh, reacting more to uh, all the fallout of the SEC schedule and kind of start to look ahead to the 2023 schedule. Uh, some interesting storylines to follow over these next couple weeks of the summer. So we will dive into that. But as we dive back into the content here uh, the question we posed going into the break is, what is all this going to look like in 2024? We add both Texas and Oklahoma, and that brings the SEC to 16 teams. But each team will only play eight games. So that means each SEC team is going to miss basically half the league during the regular season. Uh, we already talked about it. It also means the death of the SEC East and the SEC West. No more divisions, so it's just wide open. So how are they going to decide what is a fair schedule? We'll get to that in just a second. But first, let's knock out the one permanent rivalry game that the conference agreed to for 2024. Each school will get just one permanent rivalry game to preserve. Now, our buddy Peter Burns over at the SEC Network, he tweeted out what he thinks makes the most sense. So for those watching on the uh, video side of things, we'll... Take a look at that, and here's what Peter Burns says. He says his best guess, the permanence, the, the guaranteed permanence, he thinks, that he calls them no-doubters, Auburn and Alabama, I think you got to preserve the Iron Bowl as much as we love Auburn and Georgia and Alabama-Tennessee. I think the Iron Bowl ranks higher. Uh, Ole Miss-Mississippi State, of course, the Egg Bowl has to be preserved, and Florida-Georgia, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Those are the three that Peter Burns says are guaranteed. Now, he says likely Texas, Oklahoma. I would almost put that one as a lock. Those two are, are paired at the hip. They've both already renewed their uh, their contract with, you know, the, the Texas State Fair out there in Dallas. So that one's absolutely staying, no doubt. The other one that was already kind of leaked, LSU, is, LSU gets Texas A&M. Ross Bjork, uh, flight director at A&M, he said on Thursday that that's what was agreed to already. So LSU and A&M are going to be a permanent. So that leaves us a mix of Arkansas, Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Now, Peter Burns thinks Tennessee Vandy. He said, you know, that one's obviously in the same state. They've played each other a ton. That one just makes sense to keep them together. Then you got Arkansas, Missouri. That's the battle line rivalry. They play on Black Friday now, and I think they'll leave that one. And if you do those, that just leaves Kentucky and South Carolina which kind of stinks for both of them, but that's just what's kind of left over. Now, Greg Sankey said, even with the eight-game schedule, they're going to look to preserve as many traditional rivalries as they can. So we should still get Texas and Texas A&M. Should still get Auburn and Georgia, and so on and so forth. Uh, he did say the two biggest factors in choosing the eight opponents will be one, fairness and balance, and two, traditional rivalries. Now, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, he reported that the nine-game plan 
Had they gone to nine games, the plan was to use a 10-year metric based on conference standings to achieve balance in scheduling. Dellinger said he thinks the SEC could still use that model for an eight-game schedule. So here's how he divvies it up. At the top half, and then this is just winning percentage of the last 10 years in the conference. The top half, we have Alabama, Georgia. He puts Oklahoma in here based on what they did in the Big 12. LSU, Florida, Texas, Auburn, and Texas A&M. Again, that's just based on the last 10-year metrics. Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, Florida, Texas, Auburn, and Texas A&M. In the lower half, he's got Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. So that's how he kind of divvies it up. So let's just say hypothetically in this scenario that Alabama's one permanent opponent is Auburn. We could maybe look at at 2024 and just say Alabama, again, we're just theoretically throwing some teams out there. So we would give Alabama three teams from the top half and four from the bottom. So hypothetically in this scenario, 2024, Alabama could get Auburn, LSU, Florida, and A&M from the top, and then Ole Miss, Vandy, Missouri, Tennessee from the bottom. Again, you still preserve the Auburn rivalry. You keep the rivalry games with Tennessee and LSU. But in this scenario, Alabama avoids Georgia, Oklahoma, and Texas from the tougher teams. Now, they may shy, they may try to keep Alabama and Texas away from each other because they just played a home-and-home with each other. They're finishing, off, finishing, finishing that off this year, obviously. But the SEC, they announced they will release their 2024 schedule on the SEC Network on June 14th. So that's just two Wednesdays from now. But they got a lot of work to get in on. And to me, it's going to be really hard on figuring out the scheduling. Because, again, the two things you're trying to do, preserve many of the classic rivalries, as many as you can, and have equal fair scheduling. And to me, it just becomes impossible when you say we have 16 teams, but you only play eight, you're going to miss a lot of... And, and again, adding two juggernauts like Texas and Oklahoma. Those are two huge brands. And I could see where somebody gets screwed over. Where somebody, you know, let's say Auburn, uh, and they want to preserve the, the rivalry game with Alabama, and they want to keep them with Georgia. And oh, by the way, Auburn, hey, let's give you Texas and Oklahoma to boot, and then we'll balance it out with a Vandy, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, something like that. It's just, it's going to be tough. Somebody is going to have, the the numbers say somebody's going to have a brutal schedule. So I'm going to be fascinated. We'll bring it all to you over the next couple weeks. We'll do a show uh, once we find out the schedule here in two weeks, and we'll talk about it. But, man, I I think you're going to have some teams that luck out. Like in that scenario I just presented where Bama avoids Georgia and Oklahoma and Texas. Um, And then you have some teams that get screwed and have to play some really tough teams. So we'll keep an eye out. Good luck with the SEC office trying to figure this all out. Now, again, for for those who might say, well, how does going to nine games solve all that? Again, fairness with the three permanents. So you know those are the three teams you're playing every year. And then the other six just rotate every other year. Um, With this one-off, one-year deal, there's no – idea of oh this will all balance out we'll switch it up next year that that's that may not even factor into this it may not go oh we'll flip it all over you'll play the teams you didn't play in 2024 and 2025 we don't know that that wasn't agreed to so anyway one more note on this um texas athletic director chris del conti he's down there in destin he was asked about the longhorn schedule for 2024 he said they have to go find and add another 
non-conference game in a hurry. As of right now, they have a road trip at Michigan scheduled along with home games against UTSA and Colorado State. It's a pretty good non-conference schedule, but that was based on playing in the Big 12 where they play nine games, nine conference games. Now they're flipping to eight in the SEC. They got to go find another non-conference opponent. So we'll see who they add. Again, I would expect it to be somebody, you know, lesser, I guess you would say, if you're already going to Michigan, playing UTSA and Colorado State, you know, maybe they had just a, a, an in-state school, maybe like a Texas State or a Rice or something like that. But uh, we will see. Uh, on the flip side, Oklahoma, they only have two uh, non-conference games scheduled in 2024, and it's Temple and Tulane. So they've got two non-conference games to add, Oklahoma does. So, uh, look. SEC is getting criticized, and I think rightfully so in some sense. When we come back, we will uh, talk about what some of the critics are saying. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Again, coming up next, what Pat Forty and some of the big critics across the country are saying about the SEC's decision. Going along here, Locked On SEC, and thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. A reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We're here for you every day talking all things SEC. All right, let's dive back into it as uh, I talked about. We've seen a lot of folks who cover other conferences and national writers criticizing the SEC for being the only conference to play eight not nine conference games. Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated said the SEC took the easy way out. He said, quote, even if it's just a short-term solution, the country's best conference opted for a softer path with a safer outcome for its 2024 football slate. And look, to a certain extent, I do agree with him. I mean, there was this plan that was floated out there. there even coaches and athletic directors kind of talked about it off the record in recent months. Like, yeah, it's probably going to go to nine and we'll play three permanents and I think even Brian Kelly and a few people leaked, oh, yeah, we here, here would be our three permanents. I mean, it was to that point. Uh, that's how much it, would, it had been discussed. Forty goes on to say, how can a league expanding to 16 teams only play eight conference games and try to decide a champion? The other 16-team league in 2024 will be the Big Ten. They're adding USC and UCLA, but they will play nine as they do now. Uh, the Big 12, they will have 12 members for now, and they play nine games. The Pac-12 with 10 members for the moment, plays nine. And the ACC with 14 teams is the only other power conference that plays just eight. But again, you're at 14, you go to 16, and you don't add another game. Pat Forty says it's the SEC being scared of a challenge. Now here's where I retort to all this. The requirement still stands here that everyone must play at least one Power 5 non-conference game in 2024. So if you're Missouri, you can't just go schedule Montana State, Eastern Washington, Central Michigan, and the Citadel as your four non-conference. There must be one Power 5 team in that mix. And if you look ahead, the SEC has already done a tremendous job of scheduling ahead. Here's what the SEC already has scheduled for 2024, and this is where I think this factored in a big part of this in, in, as well in the decision to stick with eight SEC games and not nine. 
Check out this slate that the SEC has scheduled as non-conference games in 2024. We've got Alabama going to Wisconsin. Camp Randall, tough place. Arkansas is going to Oklahoma State. Auburn will get their return home trip with Cal. Florida, of course, their traditional game with Florida State. They're also going to play Miami in 2024. Uh, Georgia, they have a non-conference game with Clemson. How big is that one? LSU will open the season in 2024 with USC. And they also are scheduled to play UCLA that year as well. Now, I think LSU's got to do a little bit of rescheduling there. You can't play two monster brands like USC and UCLA in your non-conference, um, you know, even with sticking at eight SEC teams. That's just, why would you do that to yourself? You're setting yourself up for a, a potential loss, and USC and UCLA will both be uh, two Big Ten teams at that time. So we'll see on that one. Uh, Mississippi State is scheduled to go out to Arizona State. Ole Miss will go to Wake Forest. Missouri will play Boston College. Now, again, those aren't the biggest ones, but those are pitfalls. Those could be potential losses for those programs. Of course, South Carolina keeps their rivalry game against Clemson. And by the way, that year they play at Clemson. Uh, Tennessee has a fun one against NC State scheduled. Vandy will play Virginia Tech. That's a big-time opponent for Vandy. And Texas A&M was probably one of the biggest playing Notre Dame. Again, these are all... Currently slated, scheduled 2024 SEC non-conference games. So anyone who's running out there and saying the SEC's scared, oh, they just want to play their four cupcakes, go look at what the conference has scheduled. Almost every team has a really good, if not dominant, Power 5 team, and even a couple have two. Now, again, this doesn't even mention, you know, Kentucky playing Louisville, which we assume they're going to try to keep. Uh, also, we mentioned earlier, Texas, they have a road trip at Michigan, currently slated for 2024. Doesn't get any bigger than that. And like we said, Oklahoma has home games against Temple and Tulane currently. Now, Temple does, uh, you know, they're, they're a group of five teams as well as Tulane, but two group of, group of five teams do not equal a power five. So Oklahoma's going to have to go find one of those on their schedule. Maybe, you know, look, even like in Indiana or in Illinois would check that box for you. Uh, so we'll see if Oklahoma looks for one of the big-time games out there. Uh, is Ohio State available? Let's get that one on the schedule. But, uh, again, Oklahoma, they will have to add two games to their non-conference slate in 2024. But just keep that in mind. For anybody who is dog-cussing the SEC and saying they're you know, scared about the 2024 schedule, go look at what they have have scheduled. Those are some brutal, brutal games currently slated. Now, one last thing. Before we get out of here, the SEC did update their uh, ruling relating to storming the field in SEC football and basketball. The SEC adopted new protocols and penalties at their spring meetings that they hope will def- defer fans or deter fans from rushing the field, and that will include fines that would reward teams' money from the offending program. So offending teams will pay the opposing team they just played as much as half a million dollars in their fans uh, if their fans rush the competition area that includes basketball court that includes football field so on and so forth now the sec also decided to reset the penalty cycle so it'll start at a hundred thousand dollars for the first offense two hundred fifty thousand for the second offense before jumping to half a million dollars with the third offense the conference has faced some internal criticism following several field storming incidents in recent years uh 
and financial penalties, just finding the school has not led to a downtick. So I guess the SEC's thinking maybe if we make them pay that school, that'll defer them. I, I still I don't get it. Uh, the SEC will soon require teams to provide security and uniform law enforcement to protect teams and game officials before, during, and after events. Universities will also be required to clear a path for teams to exit the field or the court with the use of equipment such as barricades and protection from law enforcement. Universities are required to provide their detailed plans by August 1st of this year. I think this is a little overblown. This is a little, you know, look, storming the field, it is what it is. We've had an uptick here in recent years, but we've also had a big uptick in big upsets. You know, Tennessee beats Alabama for the first time forever. Yeah, their fans are going to storm the field. But, again, fining, I don't think fans care about the school getting fined. Um, you know, there was a thing floated out there that maybe you lose a home game in a rivalry series. To me, that would be an extreme uh, price to pay. But one other thing they threw in there, they said schools must also utilize coaches and players to provide educational messages to fans via video boards and advertisements. Sorry, SEC, that's just not going to be good enough. Like, at Alabama, even if Nick Saban's on a pregame video going, fans, don't rush the field, all right? We don't want to pay the the fine, all right? Bama fans love Saban. That still isn't going to do enough if, you know. Now, Bama, that may be a bad example. Bama's not going to rush the field. But say South Carolina beats Georgia next year, uh, you know, hosting them. South Carolina is going to rush the field. Just because Shane Beamer's on a video saying, come on, guys, don't rush the field. Whatever. Like, no, you pull off a big upset, they're rushing the field. And so what? We'll pay a fine. We'll pay it to the school. We just beat. Great. Who cares? So, I don't know. I'll throw it back at the SEC. Maybe you guys guys should go back to the drawing board and try to find another deferment uh, or determent to not have fans rush the field or, or court, but... Again, financially, as long as the fans aren't paying the price, that's not going to deter them. They're going to do what they do. Again, offending teams will pay the opposing institution as much as half a million dollars. Who cares? And I saw some gifs of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio just throwing money. Yeah, who cares? It's not our money. (laughs) So, anyway, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Everydayers, check us out on Monday. We'll be recapping all the action from the weekend. We've got some transfer portal news. we got some uh, NCAA baseball happening this weekend. Best of luck to all the teams, all the SEC host sites, uh, eight of the 16 host sites, and, of course, those teams going on the road like Tennessee and A&M and uh, all the rest. We'll recap it all coming to you next week and bring you more SEC football nuggets as the future looms large. And, hey, we got to start talking about the upcoming 2023 football season. We can do, do all the talk of looking ahead to 2024, but we've got a season to play before we get there. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and watching and subscribing. We'll talk to you guys on down the road on Monday.